Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of Jewel. Hi, Em. I know we're almost a week out, but can we talk about the Emrata Pete Paparazzi photos? Because I feel like we haven't fully discussed that yet. We absolutely have to, because when we briefly spoke about it on last week's Kardashian episode, we only had the photos of them hugging at that point. And since then, we've gotten kind of this bizarre video of the interaction. (laughs) Yeah, I almost want to break this down as a group and first just go over what we know so far, which is on November 13th, Dumois posts on their Sunday spotted a submission from someone saying they saw Pete and Emrata out in Brooklyn. Apparently, a lot of PDA, very touchy. There's no photo accompanying that sighting. Okay, so now we're all sitting with bated breath waiting for the paparazzi photo. Three days later, November 16th, we get the first photo, which initially when we had seen that, it was the photos of them in the gray sweatpants, black jackets, just coincidentally matching, hugging in what seemed to be an apartment building. We didn't have a full understanding of the interaction until this video footage was released, which by the way, I'll put the link in the description for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Basically, what we see in this video is Pete pulls up to her apartment in the West Village. He's met with a bunch of paparazzi. I wouldn't say necessarily swarmed, but a decent amount of paparazzi. She walks out of her apartment to get in the car. And by the time she gets to the street, he has pulled away, seemingly overwhelmed by whatever's going on. She then goes back into her apartment, I guess calls an Uber, calls a car. The car pulls up, she gets in. It then takes her to a Brooklyn residence and the photos of them hugging in that hallway were actually from an apartment building in Brooklyn, which I don't think was his from what we know. He owns a place in Staten Island. I don't think he owns a place in Brooklyn. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was his. We don't really know the nature of the location. But the whole interaction just seemed kind of bizarre. And to me, I know it it looks almost like it was staged, but to me, it almost feels like he was just overwhelmed by the paparazzi and sped off. I have watched this video so many times trying to make sense of it because, first of all, my thing with the paparazzi is like, Yes, they were there, but also you just got out of a relationship with Kim Kardashian. Eight paparazzi in the West Village is going to be the thing that scares you off. So like that right off the bat doesn't really make sense to me, but I've just watched it so many times trying to understand logically why they (laughs) chose to like do what they did, like why they chose to not maybe go into her apartment, why they chose to not just leave separately and meet at a restaurant. No, they chose to meet at a Brooklyn residence. Were they always going to the Brooklyn residence? Was he picking her up in the car to take her there in the first place? Like it is, I've watched it so many times. I cannot make sense of what happens here. And keep in mind, wait, this is important context before we even continue to analyze. That was his birthday. I feel like that is not being discussed enough. November 16th was his birthday, the night that this whole thing took place. You're right. Like, why aren't we talking about that more? Why are we talking about the fact that he chose to spend his birthday not only with her, but in a hallway in Brooklyn? (laughs) 
Can I tell you honestly, when I think about the Brooklyn thing, I feel like that was the plan all along and they were going to one of his friend's apartments. That's kind of what I think. He was doing a birthday hang at his friend's apartment and she was coming with him. That's why we got those photos there. But, and I could be totally off. That's just my guess. But the thing that I can't get over, and I know this is large scale, we're talking about Emily Ratajkowski here. She's like one of the most sought after women in the world. I don't think any part of her is embarrassed, but for me as myself, Watching that when she goes to the curb to get in the car and then he speeds off and she's just left there with the paparazzi and has to like play it cool and walk back into her apartment. That is like nightmare fuel. That is the kind of shit you think about every night before you fall asleep. You know what I mean? Like, you know that scene in Kardashians when Chloe, Tristan, and Scott are in the gym and Chloe and Tristan are like, Yeah, we're asleep by about 9 30 because we wake up at 4 a.m. to work out and and Scott's like, what? And Chloe's like, what do you do? And he's like, I don't know. I lay in bed thinking about every embarrassing thing I've ever done. Like, that's how I felt. I saw a TikTok that was like, if I was her, I would have broken up with him for driving away. And if I was him, I would have broken up with her for calling the paparazzi in the first place. Literally no notes. Exactly yes to everything you just said. And to me, this is one of the greatest examples of why video is so important. Because if you just saw those photos of them hugging in the hallway of this Brooklyn apartment building, like you think this is the most seamless meetup ever. Little did you know that she was speeding off on a crowded West Village street and she's awkwardly now walking back into her apartment. Like I can't stop thinking about that. And I can't believe we got it on video. I can't either. And I feel like if he had pulled up and she had seamlessly gotten into his car, I still would have been happy with that footage. Like, I, I genuinely feel like had people pulled up to the West Village and Emirata got in, Dianu. But like, instead, we got him driving away, leaving her on a curb and us having to watch her call an Uber and then enter a Brooklyn apartment building from the back. And also, by the way, I agree with your theory that they were maybe going to his friend's apartment for some sort of a birthday hang, some sort of a birthday dinner, maybe. I find it hysterical that this entire thing happened while they were in matching sweatpants and North Face black puffers. It's just, there's something about that aesthetic that is so perfect for the two of them. I was going to say, doesn't it make so much sense though? It does. Everything about them to me makes sense. The only thing that doesn't make sense is the logistics of the video of what they decided to do on this night. I honestly think because I've seen some theories of people thinking they, you know, both call the paparazzi and they staged this whole thing. To me, that is just not the case. Maybe it's possible she called and he pulled up and was like, there's no way I'm not dealing with this right now. Definitely not on my birthday. I think it's also possible that the paparazzi camp out by her apartment. I mean, we've known for a fact that they do that, especially post breakup. They were always there. So either way, I mean, I don't think it's impossible that they would have been there regardless. I also don't think it's impossible that she called. But the one thing I'm willing to rule out is there's no way he was in on the paparazzi being there, whether that was because of her or not. Yeah, because you just don't drive somewhere in the city to then end up leaving. Like, had he called those paparazzi himself, he would have sat in that car all night until they left. Like, think about it if they weren't famous. Think about if you are getting into a guy's car and he is met with some minor inconvenience and he speeds off. And then on top of it, there's a crowd of people documenting your move to walk back in. Like, I'm done. I'm out. You That TikTok is right. I am breaking up with him on the spot. I don't care what his, his dick is apparently like. I, the way that I feel about that video is, A, I feel like no one's talking about how weird it is because I feel like when something like this happens that seems so blatantly PR to the public, they just chalk it up to that and move on. Where I'm like, okay, even if this was entirely set up, even if this was paparazzi called by one or both of them, whatever it may be, like, aren't you still confused? Like, there's no PR move <laughs> that has ever made less sense to me still. I want to take this photo and get a bulletin board like I'm in a police station take every single second of the photo and lay it out on a bulletin board until I can connect the dots to figure out what happened. I feel like I am so much more confused than everybody else is. Everybody else has just accepted it's weird and moved on. I can't do that. No, I know. And that's why I'm so happy that I have you in this because I can't stop thinking about her now standing in her lobby calling an Uber. Like, uh, also, did they coordinate the outfit or they just so happened to show up in the same thing? I don't know. It's an amazing question. What's funny to me also is that I don't think Emrod has ever left the West Village before. And all of a sudden she's in Brooklyn two times in a week. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's what Pete Davidson will do to you. I know she wanted to have dinner at Via Crota that night. And I know that it was because it was his birthday that she 
altered that plan and went to Brooklyn. But that was not her ideal plan. I want to circle back to the birthday aspect of it all for a second, because let's say that initial Dumas spotting was correct and they were really out on a date in Brooklyn. Maybe they had one other dinner somewhere else. Couldn't you absolutely see him saying, like, I almost could hear his voice saying, you know, well, we're going to my buddy's house in Brooklyn, sick apartment. You want to come? Like, I, to me, that is the most on-brand, seamless way to invite this girl that you're seeing to hang out with you. Clearly, you like her enough to want to spend your birthday with her, but it's still pretty low stakes. She gets to hang out with your friends. She may already know some of his friends because, as we know, they, you know, ran in a very similar circle. So to me, that's like, honestly, the least confusing part of all of this. No, that part makes sense to me. Them dating makes sense to me. Them spending his birthday together makes sense to me. Like the relationship aspect of this all adds up for me. I don't think though that this is going to be anything serious. And I don't think so because I don't think on her end she's looking for something serious. I think this is going to be a really fun fling. I don't know how long it will necessarily last. It could be one of those things that ends before it even really got started. But I still stand by it making so much sense regardless of how long it ends up running. <laughs> I'm just envisioning like Michael Che at this Brooklyn apartment and Pete walking in with Emrod and him being like, God damn it, <laughs> this guy does it again. I mean, it's really hysterical at this point. And it has to be almost like Pete is in on the joke because like it happens a couple of times, it's a coincidence. It happens with Kim and Amrata, and it's like, oh, you got a pattern here. It's like, oh, you you are you are the stuff legends are made from. And so I think that this has probably been a very ongoing joke for Pete's friends. I think at a certain point, and I think at this point, he has to be fully in on it. He has to be really laughing at himself about this. Totally. And that's what I think probably contributes to making him even more likable in the eyes of these women. Meaning, I don't think in the face of any of this, his humility has wavered. No, I totally agree. And here's my thing also. Remember Kim when she was on court and saying like, I think that I have to date maybe a doctor, a scientist or a lawyer next. Like, I think clearly I'm doing something wrong. That's how I feel about Pete. Like, I don't think dating a woman in this much in the public eye is serving him in the best way. He's made a name for himself. He is... People will tell their kids about the women that Pete Davidson has pulled. Like, there is no doubt about that. I just think that in terms of long-term partnership, which I do think is something that he is clearly looking for, maybe it's best to not date somebody in the public eye for him. I could not agree with you more. And I honestly think that's a conclusion he will eventually come to because he's at the point where no matter who he dates, people are going to be interested. Paparazzi are going to follow him, not to the Kim extent, not to the Amrata extent, but if he's out on a date, very likely there will be someone taking photos of that. But it'll only be people coming at it from his angle. When you date someone who's equally, if not more famous, then it's from both of your angles and it's like overload, you know? So it's almost like the very thing that he wants to escape He's putting himself in the exact opposite situation to be able to do that. I think the counter argument, which is why we see a lot of people within Hollywood dating other people within Hollywood, is because there's something to be said for dating someone who gets it, who gets the pressure, who gets the fame. But I almost think that if you're him, you lose out on the benefit of dating someone that gets it when you're actually dating someone that has to deal with it more than you. Because <laughs> then not only do they get it, but now you're leveling up to their level. And that's the last thing he wants. You know, it's so funny because the two are so connected. Like Pete's fame obviously exists on its own, but the fascination with Pete and the media attention and the paparazzi following him, it really is a result of the person that he's dating at any given point or the people that he's dated in the past. The media has taken on a real obsession with this and understandably so. And so my thing with him is like, his fame separate from dating is a manageable amount of fame, in my opinion. You look at people like him, you look at people like Beyonce who can't leave the house. That's not Pete. Pete can leave the house, especially if he's on his own. The second he's dating someone, especially a famous woman who is considered to be incredibly attractive, that's when the media swarm goes from manageable to unmanageable, where it's almost like if he were to date somebody who maybe wasn't in the public eye to the extent that the women he's dated have been, it would be more manageable all around. But I think maybe he thinks that like his fame is unmanageable regardless. And therefore like, oh, I wouldn't want to bring somebody who's not famous into that mess. Meanwhile, you bring somebody who's not famous into the mess and the mess almost kind of goes away. 
I honestly think what would happen if he dated someone next who is fame adjacent or not even famous at all, initially public interest would be at an all-time high because of course everyone is curious, you know, who's next? What is his dating life going to look like? But after a few dates, especially if he's, you know, going out multiple times a week in the city, I just don't think it's that same level of fiending for a paparazzi photo in terms of the public interest. (laughs) When I say public interest, like I'm literally talking about us. Think about it. In the beginning, of course, we'd want to know. But then it's like, have your dinner, like do your thing. Nobody, you're, if you're not out with Kim, like we want you to have your privacy. You know what I mean? I don't even think it's a matter of like, I want you to have your privacy, which I guess to an extent I do. It's just at a certain point, if it's not, if I don't care equally or almost equally about the other person that you're dating, like I'll just eventually lose interest as will most people. By the way, like, I think that we are the bar for like the highest amount of interest a person can have in a celebrity relationship, like (laughs) truthfully. So like, if we're saying at a certain point, we're going to lose interest, the rest of the public is going to lose interest a lot quicker because I think that people truthfully started losing interest in Kim and Pete before we did. We never wavered. And so if that person is not famous or just fame adjacent, yeah, the public is going to be out real quick. They're going to love it at first and then it's going to be able to settle down. And the other thing with Pete is that from everything we've seen from interviews, his SNL appearances, things that he said, he prefers to lead a pretty low-key lifestyle. Like He was living in his mom's basement for a while. He likes to be indoors. He likes to be, you know, playing video games inside, not really doing much. So the other thing with Pete is he kind of has us a little bit fooled in the sense of like, we're like, oh, you know, Pete, he just gets ambushed by these paparazzi when he's picking up his girlfriend from her apartment building. It's like, no, Pete has created this illusion that he's just famous against his will. It's almost, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, oh, poor Pete. But he chose this. He chose this. And he specifically has led us into this lifestyle that he leads where we assume he doesn't even want to be out of the house. Like, if he wanted to be low key, he would be low key. Right, exactly. Because the idea of dating these women, I think, is so appealing and so exciting. It's something he's really interested in. So he's willing to in my opinion, deal with maybe some of the negativity that comes from not being able to lead as low key of a life as he would like because, you know, the juice is worth the squeeze. Whereas let's say a few months down the line, he starts dating someone who is not a celebrity, maybe fame adjacent, maybe not. I think he has the ability to maintain the life that we have learned to believe he seeks out. I feel like whenever we see Pete in this situation, we all fall under this illusion of like, God damn, this just keeps happening to him. As if it's like against his will. Like, no, he's seeking this out. And he he loves the attention of it for at least a little while. He may get sick of it. He may not want it to the fullest extent. But for at least in the beginning, there's clearly something about it that he keeps doing it over and over again. And I refuse to believe it's just because these women are so hot that he can't say no. There has to be a certain piece of him that likes the paparazzi, that likes the public interest, that likes the persona that he gets to put on when he's dating these women. Otherwise, it just wouldn't be worth it for him. I'm processing what you just said, and I'm trying to decide if I agree with that. I think, yes, absolutely, there must be a part of him that gets off on like this overwhelming public thirst. I can't tell you, though, that I think he likes the like magnified interest. I think that he's just okay with it because he's wants to date Kim, wants to date Emrata, wants to date Ariana Grande that badly that he's willing to deal with it. I, I, I don't think that he's putting himself in these positions because he on some level likes what comes with it in terms of the logistics of the fame. Maybe he likes the fame. I don't think he likes the logistics that come with it. Meaning I think he wants to be able to date Emily Ratajkowski and also pull up to her West Village apartment and, you know, have her get in the car with no paparazzi. But that's the prime example of like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You want to date Kim Kardashian? You want to date Emily Ratajkowski? By the grace of God, you're going to do it. But just know there's some shit that comes with it. Right. See, here's my thing. I I go so back and forth to this because when you say it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Obviously, it's just the price you pay for dating the women that you want to date when you're Pete. It's just that if you dislike it enough, right, that it keeps interfering in your relationships or it's, you know, causing you to (laughs) drive your car away when Emrata is waiting on a corner for you outside of her apartment, like, I don't know. To me, at a certain point, you stop and say, okay, 
Is this actually worth it? Are these relationships that are causing me to have to endure this paparazzi and this lifestyle that I don't necessarily want to be a part of worth it? And I just feel like if he hated it that much, he would have already arrived at the conclusion that it isn't. I think that maybe he doesn't like it to the part, point where like he gets off on it or secretly really fucking enjoys it. But I don't think he hates it as much as we all make it out to be. Probably not. I mean, I guess we haven't heard his take on this in a little while, right? I would be very interested in a sit-down interview being like, okay, what happened with Kim? What's the deal there? Why did you break up? What is your feeling on that level of fame? Is it different from the other women that you've dated? Would you ever date somebody that famous again? Is there anybody that famous that you could ever date again? Like, is there a certain part of you that is doing this just to continue the narrative? Like, those are the questions that I'm so interested in. And I also think the thing with that interview is that you'll never get a straight answer because I don't think that you can answer those questions in any sort of fully honest way. But I, I'm just interested in like the vibe he gives off while being asked those questions. I mean, I would be so curious to watch that go down. I think though, even just having this conversation like continues to prove the point, which is that on some level, the air of mystery in a way that he has been able to maintain amidst some of the most public relationships ever probably contributes to the interest. Because everyone wants to know, what is he thinking about this? Because he doesn't have social media. We get very few sit-down interviews from him, which is intentional, and I totally respect it. But because we don't have a clear picture of what he may be thinking or feeling, it only makes people want to know more. So in some levels, it's like a vicious cycle, right? Like in our minds, he wants to be as low-key as physically possible, yet we get no glimpses at him from social media. So of course, every paparazzi photo people are more tuned into. And then he dates like the most famous sought-after women in the world. So it's pretty much a deadly combination if your goal is to fly under the radar. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely is. Yeah, I mean, we will see how this plays out. But in the meantime, you're trying to talk about Harry, Olivia, Kendall, Devin? <laughs> yeah, I'm always trying to talk about that. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like, I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they are the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. 
Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in True Accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Okay, so three days ago, November 18th, People reports. Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are taking a break after nearly two years together. A source says he's still touring and is now going abroad. She's focusing on her kids and her work in LA. It's a very amicable decision. They're still very close friends. Right now, they have different priorities that are keeping them apart. Keep in mind, she was seen at his show with her two kids on the 15th. So three days before this news breaks, she's at his show, which is why I think there was a little bit of confusion surrounding this. I also want to mention if you're hearing that and one of your first thoughts was like, wow, he's just now beginning the international leg of his tour. How long has this guy been touring? Let me tell you, his first day of tour was September 21st, 2021. The last day of tour is July 22nd, 2023. So when July rolls around, he will have been touring for almost two years. It never, ever, ever ceases to amaze me that he is still touring. And that is without this next leg of his tour. When I see him posting a photo or videos from the concert, I am like, how? How does he still have the energy to keep doing this? He has been touring for literally what feels like my entire adult life. I know, which is honestly the thing that I'm the most interested in in this entire story about them apparently breaking up. Like, I can't stop focusing on the tour aspect. But it seems to be legit. I don't know. They give us so little. Like, I know, of course, we get footage of her at his concerts, and that seems to tell us everything we need to know. But other than that, I mean, we are completely... flying in the dark here in terms of anything we know about their relationship. Yeah. I mean, which is still so funny to me because for a relationship that has been seemingly so public and been in the news cycle almost constantly since it first began, you're right. We do know very little about what their relationship is actually like, what it's like when they interact, like what life at home looked like for the two of them before they split or I mean, even in this news story where it's being kind of presented to the public as taking a break rather than a breakup, it's like, what does that look like for them? Like, what is a break for them? Because we recently saw Olivia at his concert. And so is that part of the break or was that conveniently right before they decided to split? I don't know. I have no understanding of the timeline of it. It's like, I don't know if anyone else feels this way. I'm both so interested in this couple and then also so apathetic to it. It's like, I am so curious if I were to have the ability to see like footage of them interacting. I want to know what that's like. I think specifically because of everything that happened with Don't Worry Darling. I was watching those red carpet videos, like my life depended on it, just trying to pick up on any interaction, which of course that was heightened because I think they were specifically trying to be a little cold to one another as not to make that the focus. There were so many other dynamics at play, but like on some levels, I literally can't get enough. And then it's like, we get nothing that I almost become removed from. And I'm like, all right, you know what? (laughs) You guys do whatever you're going to do. Yeah. I guess maybe it's because I, um, I guess maybe I'm uninvested in them as a couple. I'm uninvested in their relationship, but I am overly invested in their interactions. It's, and it's not because we get so little that I'm apathetic. I, we get so little is the reason why I'm so invested because I'm like, just give us something. Like I am constantly searching. It is so funny to me to have a relationship where she is really publicly at all of his concerts, dancing almost like one with the crowd in terms of the way that her presence is there, almost like she's a fan. And so for that to be so public, but nothing else about their relationship to be, even to the point where they did a movie together and a press tour together and you got absolutely nothing out of it that it doesn't make me be like okay whatever you guys are gonna do you do that makes me like what the fuck is going on here it almost honestly makes it make sense that they're apparently breaking up right before he's about to embark on the international leg of his tour meaning and of course i know this isn't actually the case i'm just saying if you were trying to build an argument around this 
premise. Like <laughs> maybe it only exists when she can physically be at his shows. And, you know, we know she can't leave LA right now, not only her kids, but also she's a lot of work obligations there that like, you know, he, he's got to go tour somewhere. And if she can't be there, the relationship can't exist. Like, of course, I logically know that's not the case, but that is the only interactions of them that we get when she's dancing that <laughs> like, it almost makes you think that. Okay, so then here's the question. When he is in London during the European leg of his tour, do you think she'll be there? I don't know. Maybe. Imagine, though. Imagine he's in London and now she's there and that's the sign that we get that their relationship is back on. Like, we only know anything about this when we see her, you know, free-spirited dancing in the crowd. It is such an interesting, like, viewpoint that we're getting. I'm just realizing this right now. Well, it is also so interesting because during that concert in L.A. that she was in attendance with her kids, I took note of the fact that even though it was before they broke up or even though it was before it was reported that they broke up or are on a break or whatever it is, I definitely noted the fact that she was in the stands in the seats where all of the celebrities have been seated in those boxes during his shows and not on the floor like she is for every single other show he does. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I don't think that that's necessarily a coincidence. No, I don't think so either. And my other thing with the London show, whether she's there or not, is like, if they are on a break and it's not a breakup, then like, is that the type of thing where based on the parameters of their relationship and their friendship that, you know, sources are alleging they still have, is that something where she could go to one of his concerts and it wouldn't be weird for them? It would be absolutely normal in terms of the parameters they've set up now, or would it signify that they were back together? I genuinely have no idea. That's what I'm saying to you. Like, I think <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but I almost feel as though seeing if she's present at any of those shows will actually be telling to the state of their relationship. I don't think that that is as absurd of a thought as it sounds. If you hear it in no context, it sounds ridiculous. If you hear it kind of knowing the way that we've been able to receive this, it doesn't sound that crazy. No, I don't think so either. And listen, like, here's the thing with the two of them. He's obviously a fan of hers as well. Like, he did her movie. He's obviously a fan of her as a director. I think that he was very proud of her and the work that was done in Don't Worry Darling. And I think that their relationship was able to exist almost because of the fact that they were fans of one another. It's just that our only insight into the relationship, aside from the nanny tell-all, has been her at these shows. And so it's the only conclusion in terms of what their interactions are like or how they exist in their relationship that you can draw from seeing it with your own eyes because they have not given you anything else. No, I know. And going back to the Pete conversation for a second about how we were saying, you know, we'd be so interested, kind of like a sit down interview where we could understand what was going on in his mind currently or at the time that he was dating Kim. I think the difference with the Olivia Harry stuff is that Maybe at the height of the public fascination with her and Harry's relationship, it wasn't as though she was silent. She was doing interviews. She was doing the variety interview. You know, she has been talking. A lot of that, of course, was about her work, was about her personal life. But it wasn't as though relationships were exempt from that. She spoke a lot about Jason. You know, the only time she mentioned Harry, I think, was when she said, you know, for people to say that I broke up with Jason because I met Harry, that is absurd. You know, that doesn't fit the timeline. But other than that, we got nothing of it. So it's almost like we were being teased in a way. And I, I get if she doesn't want to speak about it. I'm not, you know, faulting her or judging her for that. But I do think for me, it contributes to both the wanting to know so badly and then also the like simultaneous apathy that I've kind of learned to have. Did you get the vibe at any point like she was only not talking about it or holding herself back from how she really wanted to act because of how private he is? I mean, listen, who who's to say there's any legitimacy to that? But I would absolutely be lying to you if I said that that thought didn't cross my mind. Not in a way of like, he's embarrassed by it. That's not at all the vibe that I'm trying to communicate. But from the fact that she does do interviews about her personal life, it would seem to me that if he was more open to that, maybe it's something she would have included or maybe not. Maybe it's a conscious choice she made because she knows that that's where the fascination would go and she doesn't want that to take away from the work that she's discussing. I think that's also totally fair. It's just, it's not like she wasn't discussing relationships. That's the only reason that I'm even making this point. Do you see them getting back together at any point? No idea. None. <laughs> 
I'm not sure either. I don't have a good enough read. Yeah. Like maybe. I mean, I don't think this is endgame. So not to say it doesn't matter, but I guess I haven't thought too heavily about it because I will stand by the fact that I I really don't believe this is endgame. I guess then that also moves into a little bit of a Kendall discussion if you want to go there. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter-looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Right. Okay. So in the midst of this Harry and Olivia parent breakup news, People then reports that Kendall and Devin Booker have, quote, quietly split last month. A source says both have incredibly busy schedules right now with their careers, and they decided to make that a priority. They have a lot of love and respect for each other and wish only the best. An insider also revealed that the decision to end their romantic relationship was mutual and just came down to timing, though Jenner and Booker do plan to stay in touch. But Keep in mind, his birthday was October 30th, and she posted for him on his birthday on her story. I know these social media interactions aren't the end-all be-all, but just for timeline's sake. And then on October 20th, when Kim posted all of the sisters you know, promoting the show, that's when he commented middle. So <laughs> what do they mean by last month? Because October 30th, she was posting for his birthday. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and also the thing with them is that – They're always on and off. We've had like three or four Kendall and Devin breakups, I feel like, in the past year. And so I don't put a ton of weight onto this because remember the last time that they supposedly broke up and then two days later they were spotted together? It is just interesting with the Harry timeline. And also it it makes me laugh to even bring this up because who knows if this is even remotely what happened, but I saw so many TikToks of when Kendall was at the Harry show that Harry apparently blew her a kiss when he was singing Love of My Life. And like everyone fucking ran with that. So to have two breakups simultaneously happen after that went a little bit viral on TikTok, obviously I'm not saying they're related, but it does make me like, it makes me laugh for the fans. (laughs) Me too. I mean, to me, that feels a little bit far out, but how fun if you were someone that saw that or was at the show and kind of felt that he did that or maybe saw it in a video. And then two days later, you get the Kendall, Devin and Harry and Olivia breakup news. You are literally standing there being like, I told you guys I wasn't crazy. I mean, (laughs) just in general, this news happening right after she was at his concert wearing the watermelon sugar hat that a fan threw her, like, it's just a good day for pop culture. You know, it's, not to say that there's any legitimacy to any of it. I just love envisioning a scenario in which Harry and Olivia and Devin and Kendall got into a fight over a kiss being blown. And I know it's so illogical and I know it sounds almost like the plot of a CW show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rewatching One Tree Hill currently and maybe that's why my mind went there. But it's just there is something about the two of them, the thought of the two couples getting into a fight over that one interaction and that being the cause of the breakup, no matter how illogical it is, that like pop culture fuels me. 
And then, of course, just to really like continue to up the stakes in this fantasy world that we're living in for a moment, let me bring us all back to the infamous Kendall Harry taking over Corden interview and reminding everyone that you could cut that sexual tension with a literal knife. I mean, this is so interesting to me that you say this because I am so on board with the two of them as a couple. Like to me, Harry and Kendall make so much sense. The infamous St. Bart's pictures where they're making out on Ellen DeGeneres' yacht, the Harry and her on Corden, like a couple of other interactions that we've gotten from them over the years. Like I'm always like, maybe it's just aesthetics. Maybe it's just that they're the two hottest people I can think of, but like there's something about the idea of them together that I love. And I feel like the last time we had this discussion, you were like, I don't see it at all, but like go off. I don't remember exactly how the conversation went, but that sounds about right. And I think I may be experiencing a little bit of a change of heart. I don't, I don't know why. I think it's just because I want it. Like how fun would that be? Imagine six months from now, Kendall and Harry are dating. Like what? Like, to me, that is the stuff that pop culture dreams are made of. The day that those pictures get released and there's a paparazzi photo, even if even if there's a paparazzi video of him pulling up to pick her up and getting scared by paparazzi and driving off and them meeting in the back alley of a Brooklyn apartment building, I will be like, this is the best day of my life. Which, again, is so funny because as we have spoken about a million times, I don't feel overly invested in Kendall in the way that I do a lot of the other Kardashians. I, we've said this a million times, but if that were to be the case and that were to be the next couple, I would be more invested in that couple than possibly any other, with the exception of, of Kim and Pete. <laughs> I, I know, me too. I'm sorry. I just can't stop laughing about the paparazzi video. Right. It's like Emrod and Pete do it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the most mortifying thing. I, I have such secondhand embarrassment. I feel so sorry for either of them. Kendall and Harry do it. And I'm like, cinematic fucking genius. And you know what's funny is that if Harry were to do that, there's no part of me that would be cynical in terms of like the paparazzi scaring him off. I'd be like, oh, they just can't leave him alone. He cannot get a break. Like, please just let him be. Meanwhile, with Pete, I'm like, oh, come on, Pete. You're picking up Emirata from her West Village apartment. Like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? <laughs> I know. Well, you think the bottom line is that, like, Harry's not going to be driving. They're obviously just going to be in the back of an Escalade. But did you see the video of him driving to his own show in L.A.? Yes. Yes. In, in the Black Range Rover. Yeah, so maybe he would pick her up. He, no, I'm not saying that he's above driving. I think that he'd be happy to pick her up. I just don't think that a Kardashian sets themselves up in a situation like that because they know what would happen next. That video of Harry driving is like, you drive yourself to work? <laughs> like you also, just go though, into like, the office? But don't you think no matter who the person is, there's just something inherently hot about guys driving? Yes, I do. Like I, I mean, you know, I always, always, always think about those pictures that Haley posts of Justin driving. That could be its own porn category. But I think in general, like all those memes about, you know, a guy with rolled up sleeves driving and then putting his hand on the passenger headrest to look behind, like it is so innocent in nature. Like it almost feels embarrassing to have this schoolgirl energy around it. It's like, he's literally just backing up. Like what you think it's hot that he doesn't want to hit a pedestrian. But I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know. There's something about the technique that just gets me. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, yeah, sure. I'll fantasize about being in a car with Harry and he like stops short and puts his arm in front of me. Like I'm fantasizing about it right now. <laughs> Bet you didn't even know. <laughs> It's true though, like that that real protective energy comes out in those situations. This is like me stopping you from getting hit constantly in the city. <laughs> is that is that not me pulling you back every single time we walk? Yeah, I wish it was Harry. <laughs> Sorry. He'd be doing it too though. He'd be like, I can't walk with this bitch anywhere. I mean, if I'm walking down the street with Harry Styles, you best believe that I am not looking both ways before I cross. Not a chance in the world now that you've brought that up. As a side note for a second, do you think Kendall and Devin even broke up? I think they probably got into a fight. <laughs> Basically, what we're dealing with here is two couples where the only insight we get is when we see the girlfriends out at the boyfriend's place of business. Meaning if we see Kendall at courtside or if we see 
Olivia dancing at, at Madison Square Garden. You know what I mean? Like, other than that, we're flying completely dark. And you know what? It would be so easy for Kendall to just go from a basketball game to a concert. She does it so seamlessly. We just saw her do it. Yeah. She. Oh, and she was having the time of her life at that concert. By the way, I know how she felt. Yeah. <laughs> you and me both. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Just to touch on this Ticketmaster saga, which I know, one, there has not been a resolve breached. And second of all, I do feel that you are significantly more well-equipped to talk about this if you are someone that was in that queue and experienced firsthand the kind of the chaos that went on, which I just want to acknowledge is not us. So I, I wasn't there. I, I have friends that were dealing with it. And I have been following this so closely on TikTok because I think the entire nature of this and really more so what it brought to light about Ticketmaster and kind of the way they've monopolized the industry is so fascinating. But like no part of me thinks that we can even remotely understand the frustration people were experiencing that we're dealing with it. And so I just want to say that I fully get that. And like if that was you, I know it's not life or death, but that must have really sucked. And I feel that for you. And I just want to make that known. But as we know, the ticket sales for Taylor Swift, the Eras tour was just a disastrous experience on the part of Ticketmaster. She ended up breaking the record for the most tickets sold in a single day, selling over 2 million tickets. But pre-sale did not go remotely as planned. Then Ticketmaster canceled the public on sale the following day. Like the whole thing was wild. Taylor, you know, released a statement kind of just expressing her disappointment Ticketmaster was releasing blog posts and deleting blog posts, a lot of hypocrisy in their statements. But what this whole thing really brought to light is the fact that since Ticketmaster merged with Live Nation 12 years ago in 2010, they have been accused of operating as a monopoly. And so this is via CBS News. The Department of Justice is investigating Ticketmaster parent Live Nation, the company that sparked chaos and anger this week with its mishandlings of ticket sales for Taylor Swift's upcoming Eras tour. Two people familiar with the matter confirmed to CBS News. The investigation, which which predates the Ticketmaster failure with Taylor Swift ticket sales, is focusing on whether Live Nation is abusing its market dominance in the ticket industry. The Justice Department's Antitrust Division has recently contacted music venues and participants in the ticket industry to learn more about Live Nation's method, with the focus on whether the company has a monopoly over the industry. The Department of Justice has still declined to comment on this, but basically to say, apparently, this has been ongoing. It's not something that happened as a result of the Taylor Swift saga, but there is nothing that kind of brings that point to the surface more clearly than this entire situation. I really did not see the day when we were going to have any sort of antitrust discussion on the podcast as a section on this, but I guess, I guess here we are. I will say with this whole Ticketmaster saga, as much as I do understand clearly what happened and what the complaints were and where things went wrong, it feels like there are so many pieces to what happened that I think people are still trying to put together and figure out 
exactly what went wrong, exactly what could have gone right, exactly what should have been changed. And so I think that, like you said, in terms of the antitrust investigation, it also gives Ticketmaster themselves the chance to say, okay, how do we continue to improve this system? Because clearly something is not working here. Like the verified fan sale was supposed to be kind of this foolproof system in order to keep bots out, in order to keep resale value out. And we're still seeing that happening even with that. So I don't have the answer to that question, but I do think it's something that the market has to figure out of like, okay, how do we actually ensure that this does not happen again? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how it's solved, but I think it's entirely fair to say that they have completely monopolized the industry. And there's no way that any of this is even remotely okay to, to continue to happen. So assuming that this DOJ investigation really is ongoing, I am very curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, I know. I am very interested to see how this plays out both with this concert and with other high demand concerts and tours going forward. Yeah. To me, it's just like, what do you expect if there was ever a time to take serious measures and put those into place? It's for a Taylor Swift tour. Like, of course, this was going to be one of the most sought after tours of all time. It just, the whole thing, the fact that it was, went down in that way was really, really wild. And you could sense Taylor's frustration in her statement as well. Is there anything else that you want to mention? I think that's it. I think so too. One announcement is this week, Isabel and I are releasing the Winter House mega episode. And then the Kardashian episode will obviously be released next week because Thursday is Thanksgiving. And we'll see you guys then. Thank you for listening and letting us do this. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be. Meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.